opening. Away we go. go Good morning, PSP. This is Justin Wolfenberg. We are actually Jerry Beeman, Beerman is leading this morning, and I'm just going to get us kicked off with a word of prayer. Uh, part two of his talk on renewing the mind and the narratives in our head. Lord, thank you for giving us a body of believers that we can say what's in our minds and get it out of our head. Our bad beliefs that you give us vehicles and places to get those out. Uh, and we just pray for Jerry this morning and his family and his vision and his business. May you just continue to bless that, that he can bless the kingdom uh, and uh, open our ears to hear in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. So I'm continuing uh, from yesterday's talk, which is, is, you know, again, Justin, you and I shared a meal with uh, some other guys in our Wednesday group. And while we were talking, um, one of the things that I, I, I hope I posed this as a question, Justin, but I said, obviously there's some, as we're talking about um, narratives that we tell ourselves, um, obviously there's some spiritual um, and way over my pay grade, but there's spiritual stuff that can uh, get passed on from generation to generation. Um, so, and I know I'm putting you on the spot real quick, but you know, can you give us a quick little, Justin, a, an idea of when you said that to me, what do you, uh, give me an idea of what you're referring to, some of the spiritual things that might be passed on from generation to generation? Yeah, I mean, when you think about uh, our lives and are we born as a completely blank slate or are we completely programmed to be a certain way? And the answer is somewhere in between. And God is like a generational God. And so that the verse where he says, I will uh, punish the children to the third to fourth generation for the sins of the father and the yeah. reward, the faithful for a thousand generations. That's like a really, it, it's hard in our American fairness to understand that God is a generational God and the choices that I make will get passed down to my children. So it wasn't surprising that my brothers and I wrestled with alcohol because it was something that was in our generational line. Uh, and so I had a pre It doesn't mean I'm destined to be an alcoholic, but it did mean that sin was going to be way more prevalent and a problem in my life than may it be for someone else. You know, there's generational things that are implanted on us. And we've seen this with our adopted kids. There's definitely a generational story playing out. Yeah. yeah thank you. And so, so to that, I can't, I'm not today, just to, for clarity, I'm not speaking to that because that's, you know, again, uh, a deeper dive than I have the, uh, the education of. So what I'm talking about, because I think Justin, one of the things that you said to me is there's certain things you can't will out of your life or determine. You can't, you can't be so determined that you get certain things out of your life. I'm today talking about things that you can and so for context purposes, um, things that I can control and going back to the, the, going back to yesterday, one of the things that I've personally experienced is that when I am physically exhausted, um, my defenses get really, really weak. And so I'm stronger in the morning, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, because I'm fresh at the end of the day is when, um, you know, especially with overwhelm and exhaustion is when the wheels come off. And so, which I'm going to speak to in a minute, but, um, you know, Jesus gave us a great example uh, of, you know, exhaustion and how to combat it. And in Matthew four, I'll just pick up 
uh, reading here after Jesus' baptism, heading into the desert, where he fast. Most of us are familiar with the story. He fasted for forty days and nights, and again, um, you know, I can't imagine physically fasting for forty days and nights. Um, and then, you know, what level of exhaustion Jesus was experiencing. Um, and when he was exhausted, let's see, well, talking about my exhaustion is when my defenses are down. When uh, Jesus was led into the wilderness, then he was tempted by the, uh, by the devil. And so after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, which I'm hungry, you know, multiple times throughout the day. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered. So again, recognizing the voice yesterday, we played that game, name that tune. You know, Jesus was aware of the tempter's voice, right? And that message. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, again, Jesus recognizing the voice of the enemy and the words, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in, the, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus responds to that, recognizing the voice again. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. And this I will give you, the devil said, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him again, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angel came and attended him. And so, you know, again, looking back and Rick Meyer has always been an encouragement to me to say, hey, Jerry, you got to memorize some scriptures. You got to memorize some scriptures. And um, and I see that is that, you know, Jesus gave us modeled that example for us is when you're exhausted and when the tempter comes and speaks words um, that you can, again, defer back to the truth, the word of God um, to combat that. And I attended um, some of you guys know Kurt Kersey. I attended a grown man, pro, grown man seven project. And one of the speakers said, um, he said, while I he said, while I can't control the thoughts that pop into my head, I do have control what I do with those thoughts that once they're in my head. And I thought, gosh, that's really interesting. You know, maybe I can't control thoughts that come into my head, but once they're in there, um, then I can, I can do something with them. And uh, which I'm going to refer back to Justin Romans 12, a couple times, and in Romans 12, 2, Paul says, do not, which again, you, these scripture verses are, are familiar to many of us. Um, but again, from a memorization standpoint or an impact standpoint, um, Paul says in um, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And transformed which my son Dakota talks about, you know, doing a Google search on it, it says to change in composition or structure, to change in character or con, uh, condition. And so again, these thoughts come into my head and I can strangle those thoughts and push them aside, Justin, or I can feed them. And in sleepless nights, what I do is I, my, my default is to start feeding that. And I can take a story 
and accelerate it. And Dakota and I were talking about this at the, 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 uh, in our uh, dining room uh, late yesterday, where I said, you know, if, you, if we say things out loud, it can sound completely ridiculous. Like, you know, I was telling Dakota, I'm sorry for people that haven't had breakfast yet, but I said to Dakota, I've got a, uh, an ear infection. And, uh, or I, I think I have an ear infection. So one side of my ears, there's a little pain and there's some, uh, there's some, uh, there's some stuff coming out of that ear. <laughs> and I said, nice. to Dakota, as I'm laughing to you guys, I, I'm, I said, you know, my brain starts to say, oh my gosh, I've got an ear infection. You know, what if it's brain cancer? And like, when I say it out loud, it sounds so ridiculous. It sounds so absurd. And yet mm-hmm. what the enemy does with those narratives is just, build on those. And um, I contemplated like sharing some specific examples of things that have been said to me uh, over the years that the enemy has used uh, against me. And so I I know if I'm 54, Justin, if if I audited everything I've said to people over the past 54 years, that the enemy, maybe many of you guys on this call, that the enemy has used to torment you. Like my intention wasn't to say something to you, Justin, and then have the enemy just beat the crap out of you with it. But I'm sure I have. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, Absolutely. Sure, yeah. I'm sure I've said things to my wife, my ex-wife, my kids that have tormented them over the years. And so we all say things to people and then I go about my life and I have no idea Um, that the enemy could use those words. And so I was brought up in a very loving family. My dad, many of you guys know, was chronically ill, but my mom and dad, like he was, was, my mom was awesome. And I love my mom and dad. They had a, uh, a, and I must've been 10 years old or something. And my mom was just fried. I mean, she was a caregiver. She was uh, providing for us financially and emotionally and there was just one day where she packed up a bunch of shit and left. And my, wow. dad, my dad was just beside himself. And um, this is something that our family never talks about, by the way. I, I feel safe mm-hmm. saying this to you guys because it probably won't get back to my sisters. But um, we never talk about this. And uh, my dad was sobbing and he said, it's all your fault. And I must have been 10 years old. And again, I, you know, my, I love my dad. He was, he was an awesome dad. He loved me. There's no doubt that he loved me. Those words though, for 50, well, so if he said, me, said those words to me when I was 10, for the past 44 years, the enemy has used those words to beat the crap out of me. And so there's things like that, that, you know, have been said to us, or we're saying to somebody else, and the enemy can take that and just strangle you and it, it, is, it is debilitating, it's demoralizing. And again, when I say it out loud right now, Justin, there's a relief that comes with it. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and so, you know, I said to Dakota, I said, why is it that we don't go through the day um, and, you know, of all the people that we come in contact with, and, you know, maybe, maybe this will be something that I'll even try today, Justin, and maybe I'll try it with you this morning. Um, as we come in contact with so many people, you know, what, what anxieties, what thoughts do you have in your head? And I'm, I'm about to ask you, Justin, so I can pray for you. But what thoughts or anxieties do you have in your head um, that the enemy's just beating the crap out of you? And we can pray, you know, that, that 
um, that I can pray for you. And, you know, I can pray for you right now and I can pray for you, um, you know, for the next few days and check back. Um, of all the people we come in contact with, everybody has, you know, Rufus is on right now and I'm not asking him to unmute or John Alice. I'm sure there's things going on in John Alice's life right now that are, uh, that are narratives that are creating angst. And I love Rufus. I love John Alice um, as, as their brothers, as their friends. You know, why is it that I don't engage them in conversation and say, hey, what's troubling you that I can be praying for? And so, you know, we walk around, we walk around in groups of people and community, and yet we're not sharing. I don't share very often with my friends like you, Justin, things that are, that I'm worried about, things that are concerning to me. Um, Cause I don't want to trouble you with those. I, maybe they're embarrassing thoughts. Um, they're maybe they're debilitating thoughts. Um, but I have a tendency of not sharing my thoughts with um, those close to me. And I just think, I, I just think it would be really helpful if we had uh, relationships with people where we could, you know, have transparent conversations and say, Hey, um, you know, Justin, what are some things, which I'd like to ask you right now, what are some things that are troubling you that I can pray for you? Um, as we have, uh, as we have community people on, on, in this tribe and people in our relationships. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you think about the definition of intimacy in the book of Genesis is naked and unashamed, right? It's like, here's who I am unashamed because of the grace of God, you know, uh, and that's what you're describing in the sense of what does it mean for us? I say we're all crazy. <laughs> you know, if we all said everything out loud, we were thinking yeah, there's yeah. not one of us that wouldn't be in the institution. And so yeah. but we fear we're the only ones, right? We fear we're the only ones with yeah. problems or fears or insecurities. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that was just like we're on this tower project and one of the items I did not budget right. And so we're the budget is tighter than I want. And so that's causing me anxiety. And this is like a chronic problem I've had. And so it's yeah. kind of like, I'm just an idiot. I can't budget right. I can't bid right, you know? And so that's like one of those things that it's just like, gosh, I've even gotten help on this thing before, you know? And so these things are hard when it's not like a random mistake. It's like chronic mistakes are the ones that for me are the most challenging when I think through these, the steps of these projects. So I'm, so I'm going to pray for you real quick. And then I'm going to ask you to pray for me. One of my anxieties is all the momentum that we have going with this cap carpentry. And there's so many resources that are coming and I would just ask for your prayer that I can help steward those resources. I feel, uh, Justin, in many ways, I feel incompetent to handle all the smart, talented people that are mm -hmm. coming to your team. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I'm going to ask you to pray us out and pray for me on that. And let me pray real quick for you. Lord, I just ask you to uh, bless uh, Justin and um, the Tower Project, that you would make the finances uh, straighten those things out, make them, them right. Just give him favor, give Justin favor and give him resources that'll help make that right financially as well. Lord, thank you for Justin and his investment in, in people. Thank you for that investment in people, Lord. We love you. Amen. Lord, and we just pray for Jerry and this vision and this, uh, you've expanded his territory here, Lord. So I just pray you equip him bring him people, give him peace, give him resources, 
uh, in order to handle this. Uh, and I just pray you provide answers for the fear of this uh, incredible new venture that we are blessed to be able to serve you with in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Justin. Love you guys. Thank you,